1: 6 30 chad inside sports with reed wilkins weekdays at six on 6 30 chad
2: edmonton oilers captain connor mcdavid is a definite maybe for tomorrow's game against the chicago blackhawks plus darnell nurse signs a two-year contract extension you will hear from both men very shortly the toronto raptors have won 14 in a row. Can they make it 15? The Minnesota Timberwolves in the way tonight. High-scoring first quarter. Still 30 seconds to go in the first quarter. It's already 40-36 to 36 for the Raptors as the Timberwolves miss a little bunny hop jumper in front of the hoop. So the Raptors uh, should have the final possession of the quarter here. 40-36 for the Raptors still in the first quarter. NHL tonight, the Coyotes who have been struggling lately. They did beat the Oilers last week. They haven't won much else lately. They trailed the Canadians 2-1 after the first period. Gallagher, his 19th of the year for the Habs. Panthers and Flyers 1-1 early in the second period. Also early in the second. Already 4-1 for the Islanders up on the Capitals. And it's the Lightning leading the Blue Jackets 1-0 with about five minutes left in the first. Still to come tonight, the Predators and the Canucks. And the Flames will take on the Sharks in San Jose. And again, the Pacific Division, incredibly tight. Vancouver, 65 points. Edmonton and Vegas, both 64. And then you start looking at wildcard positioning. Winnipeg, the top wildcard team right now, 63 points. Calgary has the last playoff spot at 62. And Arizona has dropped out of the postseason right now. They have 61 points. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 630 Ched. And we have a lot to get to tonight, and I'm happy to hear from you. 780-496-0063 is the number to both call and text. I'm sure you might have reaction, opinion on the contract for Darnell Nurse. It is two years. It is $11 million, cap hit of $5.5 million for next year and uh, the year after, then he could potentially be an unrestricted free agent if he hasn't been locked up to a new deal by then. We're also going to touch, Dave Campbell will hop into studio a little bit later on. Uh, CFL free agency tomorrow starts at 10 a.m., I would think the Eskimos are looking for some defensive backs, probably primary need number one. You remember last year's CFL Free Agency Day absolutely wild with the Eskimos bringing in Harris, Ellingson, Sir Vincent Rogers, Anthony Orange, uh, Dean, Santos Knox. Now, some of these guys didn't wind up playing. Some are likely going to depart the Eskimos tomorrow, but uh, Dave Campbell will give us a preview of that. And I'm very excited tonight at 730 We'll have two members of the Boston Pizza Cup Championship rink. Brendan Botcher winning it again yesterday in Westlock. Carrick Martin and Brad Thiessen are going to hop in the studio. So uh, a lot to get through this evening. But Connor McDavid. So here's what happened. He's uh, out there before practice when they're kind of doing a little bit of power play work. It's not overly intense or, or overly physical in that part of practice. And then just before 11 they start you know getting into position to do the more formal part of practice, a little bit more competitive. and McDavid goes off the ice. and he did speak to the media afterwards and of course the big question is, are you going to play tomorrow? Uh, we'll see how it feels tomorrow and uh, I'll worry about that tomorrow. All right. Uh, we'll see how it feels tomorrow, and uh worry about that tomorrow. So, again, he is a definite maybe for the game tomorrow. So, he crashes into the board against Nashville, looked a little bothered. He lay on the ice for a while, got up, tested it out, finished the shift. During the next commercial break, he went out and skated around for a couple minutes in the corner of the rink, closest to the Oilers bench. He stayed on the ice to take the face off. Looked pretty good. Dave Tippett told us after the game on Saturday, he iced The, uh, I guess we don't call it an injury. He iced the bruise between the second and the third, iced it after the game. And uh, Big David said, you can call it a Charlie horse. Basically, he has a bruise above his knee. And the key thing here is this at all, related to, connected to, a recurrence of the injury you suffered last April in the regular season finale against the Flames. Uh, no, no,
3: it never really crossed my mind. It's a completely different part. Um, you know, it didn't, uh, not,
0: nothing that was hurt before, uh, you know, hurts now. So, um, yeah. that's good news, I guess.
2: All right, so it's just a pretty much we'll-see situation for tomorrow. It does not appear to be anything serious or long-term. Like I said, he was on the ice today, but, but didn't stick around for the more intense part of practice. I think we just wait and see how they roll it out during the morning skate. That's what head coach Dave Tippett is waiting for.
1: Come in the morning and skate again and see if he wants to play, and if he's good to play, then we'll play. He's got a bruise on his knee or above his knee or whatever, so... He got out there, Uh, we did some power play kind of specialty stuff there before practice for 20 minutes, and I asked him if he wanted to go out. He goes, yeah, I'd like to go out and just get moving around a little bit, and we were going to have a competitive practice, so we took it off, and uh, we'll see where he is in the morning. I wouldn't rule him out, and I'm not saying he's in either, so. There we go.
2: We're getting a bunch of maybes. We're getting we'll see you tomorrow. That's that's the best I can give you on Inside Sports. A whole bunch of suspense. It's the Alfred Hitchcock of sports radio. A lot of suspense about Connor McDavid. Morning skate will be around 10.30. So you can keep it on social media. I'm sure Jespo will update you while he's on air. with uh, with McDavid, And also, you probably saw this on the weekend, Tyler Benson sent back to the farm over the weekend. Colby Cave has been called up. James Neal did not uh, practice with the team today as he continues to get over a foot injury. So a- as it went today, Gaetan Haas centered Gagne and Chason. settle Nugent Hopkins, and Yamamoto remained together. Archibald was with Shane and Cassian, and Colby Cave hopped in between Jujar Arcara and Patrick Russell. Now, again, if McDavid can go, that's going to shift these line combinations uh, around to some extent. I certainly would expect settle Nugent Hopkins, and Yamamoto remaining together. If McDavid comes back in, is he is he put back with Cassian? Does he go back between Gagne and Chaseon like he played on Saturday night against the Predators? Some of the questions we will have to worry about tomorrow. Mike Smith, your expected starter in net, by the way. He was in the home team net. That's how we do it. Which goalie's in the home team net? That's the guy we expect who will play the next game. alright nine six zero zero six three 780-496-0063 to call or text. The other news today, it has been taken care of. Darnell Nurse's new contract is uh, for two years for $11 million. So this will kick in for uh, next season.
0: Yeah, it was good. I didn't want to bring it into the summer and, and and think about it anymore. I just kind of wanted to get it uh, done. And uh thankful to, to Kenny and the organization, and it uh, went pretty fast.
2: All right. Th- there was a lot of speculation about this deal. How long was it going to be? How much money was he going to get paid? I, I know there was some speculation last week that this could approach $8 million. I, I certainly think if you're the agent representing nurse, you're, you're going to ask for the highest amount that you want. I don't know how much that was ever seriously discussed. Um, now, obviously, it, it's not a long-term deal. Nurse could be an unrestricted, well, he w- it would be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the deal if it expires without him signing another contract extension. So certainly some risk there for uh, for the Oilers, though Nurse likes being an Edmonton Oiler, and uh, he was talking with Bob Stoffer earlier today on Oilers Now and uh, even saying he took a bit of a hometown discount.
0: I mean, if, I'm sure if, uh, good, let, let Drag out and um, made it, made it difficult. I'm sure they could have made it more difficult too. I mean, it's, uh, I, I think we both had a, a understanding that uh, we wanted to get a deal done and, um, you know, Kenny was, uh, was great. And you know, for, for me, obviously uh, everyone knows the, the cap situation and uh, we want to be better. We want to win. And that's, uh, that uh, always plays,
2: uh, plays into a little bit. And Nurse and and Dave Tippett said uh, today as well. He considers Nurse one of his leaders, and Nurse uh, considers himself being a part of that core leadership group, along with McDavid and Drysdale.
0: Yeah, obviously we have a really good, uh, really good relationship, really close. I mean, we all came into the league essentially at the same time, and um, yeah, it's uh, we we talk a lot about you know obviously not not just the, the team now but you know our goals and uh, i think a goal of ours is to to make something special here in edmonton and um you know we just uh, try to show that each and every day
1: you know what? He's. I think he's just getting into the thick of things, and uh, he's a good player now. He's a, I mean, you see the minutes he munches, plays in all situations. Uh, real good character guy, like a, in our leadership group, our top leadership group. So he means a lot to this group, and uh, I think there's still lots more for him to, lots more upside on on his whole game. You know, I think there's there's some defending stuff that. Uh, I know him and Jimmy Playfair have a really good relationship that they're really going to continue to work on. Um, this puck play, I mean, he's, he's still a young player. There's still more upside on him. And uh, that pair of him and Barra have been really good for us this year. So it's a great signing. It's a great signing for him, a great signing for us. We keep the relationship and keep moving it forward.
2: Nurse turned 25 last Tuesday. Best offensive season in the NHL was last year when he had 41 points in 82 games. Remember, he did fill in on the power play for an extended stretch when Oscar Kleffbaum was out of action. This year, four goals, 24 points in 55 games. So probably looking at a, uh, about a mid-30s point total for Nurse, who uh, I know he's he's a very debated player. And I, I know Rob and I have a couple callers into overtime open line after Oilers games who really don't like Darnell Nurse. I I don't think Nurse is ever going to be an elite point producer. He can skate. He can play with some edge. I've always called Nurse a loud player, and uh, he can make some really loud, positive plays. The the downside to his game is, you know, he's prone to those loud mistakes, not the subtle ones, not the ones that are hard to recover from. Sometimes he might make a pretty big mistake. Having said that, I think there's definitely some value in Darnell Nurse. He's, you know, probably more of a second-pairing guy. But nothing wrong with the Oilers committing to him a little bit. Two years, eleven million five and a half per season. One interesting story about Nurse this season from the Battle of Alberta last Saturday in Calgary. The now famous photo of him pointing to Cam Talbot. Well, he was actually pointing to Mike Smith while looking at Cam Talbot. Telling Talbot, "Hey, our goalie's at center ice. What are you gonna do about it?"
0: The scrum was kind of going. It was, was kind of weird because I'm one pile and skate over to the other. and I'm just like, 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 what's going on? And I look over Bears. He's fighting Chocolate. Wow, this is a, uh, this is fun. And I'm looking at Talbs and Smitty standing on the red line. I'm like, Talbot, you got to go. Like, he's just a blocker, so. He got go. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I was like, good on Talbs too, because you know, some guys, a lot of guys wouldn't go and, and try to fight Smitty. Like Smitty's a, a big boy and. Strong and tough and uh, that was that was good on towels to go do that.
2: All right, that is Darnell Nurse. You can get more on him, more on McDavid and his unknown status for tomorrow on six thirty chat.com. Six nineteen Raptors up two in the second quarter as they go for their fifteenth consecutive victory. We'll keep you updated. Quick timeout on Inside Sports.
0: He speaks for itself. Um, you know, off the ice, uh, he brings a lot of a lot of personality, a lot of a uh, lot of energy. Um, he does a lot for for the guys in the room, and um, I'm lucky to, to call him a teammate and, and and a friend. And got to live with him for a couple of years, and I uh, no, definitely a guy I'm close with. So, I um, know, happy he's gonna be around for a Was like as a roommate? He was uh, he was a great roommate. Uh, he liked to cook a little bit. Uh, he kept uh, kept all of his stuff clean and we um, I mean, never really had an issue.
2: All right, that's Connor McDavid Oiler's captain. His status up in the air tomorrow. He's calling it a Charlie Horse bruise above his knee. Didn't uh was not a full participant in practice today for the Oilers. Did some power play stuff before practice, then went off the ice. That was uh, some comments from McDavid on Darnell Nurse, who gets a contract extension. It's very I, I've noticed in the uh, well, I, I, this is the seventh season I've I've done this job so and and hosted the Oilers broadcast, and it just seems for some reason there there are certain players that are just, just divide the fan base. I I don't know what it is uh, about them, but they just seem to have really strong detractors and others have really strong supporters. And what was interesting during the commercial break, these two texts come in. Daryl says, first of all, he says, uh, "Read never a dull moment on your show. I thought that was a pretty tame opening, wasn't it, Kellen? We, have, we haven't gotten goofy yet tonight. That was moderate for Monday. That was pretty moderate. Anyway, Daryl says, never a dull moment on your show. I am with you. The mistakes are too glaring for Darnell Nurse. I just don't get it. I thought by now he would be ruling in our conference. I just see too many mistakes. Hard to swallow $5.5 million. Dollars. That is from Daryl. While another texture writes in and says, "Nerth." Uh, Nurse is tempting NHL defenseman for 5-on-5 five five scoring. That's pretty elite to me. If he had clef Bomb's power play minutes, we might be talking about a 55-to-60-point defenseman. So uh, those two texts, very indicative of some of the reaction we get towards Arno, Darnell Nurse. I, I've always thought, its I mean, it's not all or nothing with players. And, and it's and it still shocks me how many people will jump on Leon Dreisaitl when he has a bad game, and he's had bad games, and he's had off nights. Absolutely, it's going to happen. Anybody. Leon Drysdale's had far more good nights than bad. I think with Darnell Nurse, okay, take him out of the lineup. What 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 happens? You know, take him out of the lineup and put in, okay, is William Laguson going to log those minutes and do what Nurse does? Is Caleb Jones going to do that? Don't think so. Those are your replacements right now if uh, Darnell Nurse all of a sudden went out of the lineup. So just uh, keep that in mind. Wednesday night... Kellen, did you hear what's happening Wednesday? Dave Campbell's going to mm-hmm. be hosting Inside Sports. I'm going to be at Hudson's on White Ave for the Hot AF Wing Challenge. Did you happen to see any of the, the uh, stuff from this morning? You can go on uh, the 630Ched Twitter account, the Instagram. I got a little bit on my Twitter. So, Kellen, I tried, well, I tried one bite of one wing mm-hmm. of these Hot AF Wings. And they are hot, shockingly hot. I don't okay. know what other word to use. <laughs> they are excruciatingly hot.
3: I haven't tried
4: them yet, they but I have one with my dad. So,
2: so here's the thing. So I, I I was on with Chelsea and Shay in the morning. Yeah, Morley was here too. Uh, Shay actually ate an entire wing. Morley and I each had a bite and said that's fine. I think Chelsea ate most of two wings. After the show. Wow. So good Hudson's for her. White Ave from 7 to 10. I'll be there. I won't be eating the wings. I've tried one. That's enough. But if, if you think you can do it, you have to eat an order of wings in two minutes or less, and then you get free wings for a year. Another thing you can do is go to the contest page on 630 com. look for the Hudson's Hot AF Wing Challenge, and enter your name to win $100 to Hudson. You don't have to eat anything to do that. So Hudson's White Ave, 7 to 10, if you, you, A, if you're like a competitive eater and you think you can eat a lot of wings in a short period of time, and and if you can handle spicy, spicy, hot, hot, spicy, hot, spicy volcano food, then this is the contest for you. That's Wednesday at Hudson's on White. John Weidman, Blackhawks play-by-play next. Blackhawks tomorrow, 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30. Chad Game at 7. Nurse gets a two-year extension, $5.5 million per year. McDavid's status is a, a, a big, fat, we'll see. So keep an eye on the morning skate. Tomorrow I'll be there, let you know what's going on. Tonight in the second period, Canadians up 2-1 on the Coyotes. Flyers leading the Panthers 2-1. Edmonton has a game against the Panthers coming up this weekend. Islanders now up 5-2 on the Capitals. Jordan Everly has his ninth of the season for the Islanders. Lightning lead the Blue Jackets 1-0 after 1. Kucherov has his 26th. Later, Canucks and Predators, Flames and sharks basketball tonight it is 60 55 minnesota leading the raptors with five minutes left in the second quarter as the raptors go for their 15th consecutive victory as we welcome to the show a guy from a city that knows all about winning basketball teams the play-by-play voice of the chicago blackhawks john weidman john you're on with reed how are you doing I'm great,
4: Reed. It depends on which city you're speaking of, uh, you know, Chicago or Lawrence, Kansas, because I'm a University of Kansas grad, and they have a tremendous basketball program. But with you anyway, and glad to be here.
2: Now, did you go to the University of Kansas as well, or grow up there?
4: I grew up, and I, I did graduate from the University of Kansas. So I walked down the hill in 1989, and one of the greatest days of my life to get out of college and get into the real world. But I can tell you, anybody that's anticipating that that move uh finishing up school and getting out into real life it can be a little terrifying too once you get
2: that diploma <laughs> yeah well, well, well i'm sure i've been there i'm sure a lot of people listening <laughs> have been there Just, i didn't realize we were going to go down this lane but this is a fun one we're okay i'm, I'm i apologize if i my years are off john but I, i'm trying to remember right. on the fly were you going to kansas then when danny manning and the jayhawks won that title
4: And let me share a story with you and your listeners, if I may. Um, At that particular time, a guy named Larry Brown was the head coach at the University of Kansas. And he insisted on his players attending class and maintaining their grade point average. Well, lo and behold, I had an elective course called Environmental Studies. excuse me, And um, I walked into the class the first day. And who should I see at the desk that's to my left and one behind me? But Danny Manning, and anybody that knows who Danny Manning is, he's six foot eleven. The guy towers above the crowd. He's probably the most unmistakable guy on campus. So a couple days go by, and, and I, at that time, I took impeccable notes. My handwriting was very legible. I'll give myself credit for that because I wasn't a great student. But one thing I could really do is take notes. So I'm taking notes as the professor is lecturing, and I'm really getting into this class. And I don't know, it, it, it was maybe two weeks after the start of the class, and I walk out of the classroom, and who should tap me on the shoulder but Danny Manning. And I turn around, and I thought, wow, what does he want with me? And he introduces himself, very polite. And I said, hey, I know who you are, man. Don't worry about it. John White, happy to meet you. And he says, you know what? He says, I've been watching you take notes. He says, your notes are great. He says, would you mind if I copied those? And I said, are you sure you want to do that, Danny? I mean, you know, I mean, this is, I don't mind, but are you sure? He says, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's no problem. He says, because, you know, I need to pass this course, and you look like you're on top of things. I said, sure, I'd be happy to help you. So I walked with him to Jayhawk Towers, which is where all the athletes stayed, and I, uh, I made copies of the notes, you know, and thank you very much, that kind of thing. A uh, couple days later, he says the same thing. I said, sure, walked to Jayhawk Towers where they, they lived, made the copies, gave him the notes it got to the point where i just walked to jayhawk towers by myself and i copied the notes for danny on a weekly basis um, the long and the short of the story, I guess, is that the Jayhawks won the 1988 NCAA Division One championship, and I did my part to keep Danny Manning academically eligible so that he could lead the Jayhawks to victory. So there you go.
2: That is amazing! Wow, that is a, a connection and a story I didn't think I'd be getting tonight. That is uh, that is awesome, and they were a bit of an upstart team, a number six seed, so not a complete underdog, but a bit of a longer shot, I suppose, to get to the final and and win it all and i i don't know now were you i don't think you were in chicago when the bulls were winning were you there yet uh no i no. wasn't there at that time I, I graduated from the
4: university of kansas in 1989 um but I, I moved to chicago actually later that year and uh began living there and working there and got into chicago radio which was one of the greatest experiences of my life i, I worked for some tremendous people uh, Chet Kopik, Danny McNeil among them and a, a few others and they kind of guided me through what it was I believe to be the, the best city in the world to learn radio city of Chicago and I'm a little bit biased because I was a Blackhawk fan too so uh, but uh, it was just a tremendous ride and got to know some great people along the way.
2: Well the current of edition of the Blackhawks are going to be here tomorrow. And of course, the game's at 7 o'clock at Rogers Place. I got to ask you about a local kid playing for the Blackhawks, Kirby Doc. How's he looking?
4: Kirby Doc is getting better with every game, in my opinion. Um, Kirby, of course, he was our third round, our first round draft pick, our third pick overall. And I hosted a draft party the night that uh, Kirby was drafted, and I shared this with him. You know, there's a kid named Bowen Byram who is a tremendous defenseman that played in in, uh, the Western Hockey League. And a lot of Blackhawk fans had come up to me at that party and they said, are they going to draft Byron? Are they going to draft Byron? And I would say, you know, I don't know who they're going to draft, but my personal hope is that they'll draft this kid, Kirby Dock. I said, guys, take a look at our center position. I mean, in a few years... the the cupboard might be a little bit bare and I said right now the Blackhawks need somebody to come in and take up a center position learn from one of the best centers in the National Hockey League in Jonathan Tays and be a force for this team and and lead maybe the next wave. So I kind of held my breath and uh, Stan Bowman and and company approached the stage for uh, making the announcement of the pick and as Stan is going to his stage I'm going to mine. I'm keeping Austin. that We saw last night in Winnipeg, so I think the best is yet to come from Kirby Doc.
2: Well, good to hear he's doing well. It's been an interesting season for the Blackhawks. They uh, had had a nice little five-game win streak recently. They've only won one game since then. John, we we Mm -hmm. both know what it's like when you get to the playoff race at this time of year. You can look at it and say, well, the Hawks are only four points out. But they got to pass Minnesota and then Nashville and then Arizona and then and then Calgary. I mean, I work with Rob Brown and Rob Brown always says, I don't count the number of points. I count the number of teams between you and a playoff spot. Where, where do you think the Hawks are, are at and, and what might their their trade deadline approach be here? That is a tremendous
4: question, and uh, I'm glad that I have the position of radio play-by-play broadcaster with the team and not general manager because uh, I don't know that I would want that responsibility. Uh, They are in kind of a precarious position, and you make a great point. When this road trip began, they looked at the potential points out there and the potential opponents and where the standings were. Uh, They were in a better position before the trip started uh, than they are now, after last night, losing up in Winnipeg 5-2. They coughed up a 2 to nothing lead to the Jets, and the Jets came out. They earned it, doggone it. They came out with great firepower in the second period, uh, great resolve, and, you know, they, they ultimately took the measure of the Blackhawks, and all you can do is tip your cap and move on. However, the four games coming up for the Blackhawks, uh, you know, they have, they have this, this may well define what kind of team this is for this, Lately, they've done well on the road. They're 8-2-1 over their last 11. Uh, The penalty kill, by the way, has been a strength for this team, unlike last year where they finished at the bottom of the pile. This year, last year, by the way, the penalty kill lost them games, and the Blackhawks finished, I believe, five or six points out of the playoffs. Had the penalty kill been at league average last year, they probably would have made the playoffs. But the PK lost them games. This year, the penalty kill is winning them games. And it starts in goal, obviously, with Robin Leonard and Corey Crawford. But there's been a greater commitment on the penalty kill to see to it that when they go down a man, they're very disciplined in their structure. They make the simple plays. They pay the price by blocking shots. And they clear the puck as often as possible. The strange thing about this season is that the expectation coming in was the Blackhawks were going to have one of the best power plays in the league uh, based on what happened last year, because the power play, and Troy Murray has mentioned this a number of times, the power play got them into playoff contention last year. Uh, this year, it has really struggled. Over the last 20 games, and these are these are numbers I'll cite, they are eight for 62 at 12.9 um, percent. It's funny. In the last 20 games, the record is 12-6-2 for this team, and they've had great road success. But uh, I go back to the penalty kill. Only six power play goals allowed in that time. They're going to get a tremendous test tomorrow night against the Oilers' top power play. Um, So uh, special teams took a flip-flop this season. If the power play can get going, they've got 27 games left in the regular season. They're probably going to have to have a record of somewhere around uh, minimum 15, 7, or 8, and then the rest overtime or shootout losses, preferably overtime losses. So that's kind of where they stand. And they need to have better puck management on their power play. they surrendered eight shorthanded goals. And that's just, uh, compared to last year, that just is not an acceptable level. So there's great improvement there, and that's necessary, and I think there's potential for great improvement.
2: Well, the Oilers' PK was right down there with the Hawks last season, and Edmonton's has turned around this year as as well, so it is an interesting matchup tomorrow night. John, thanks for hopping on the show. I look forward to seeing you at the morning skate tomorrow. Tremendous Danny Manning story. I'm going to remember that one for a while. I'll see you yeah. tomorrow, Matt. Real, real quickly, if I may, I'm also a guide in the world, Kansas
4: City Chiefs fan. So when my Chiefs won the Super Bowl just a few days ago, I was in my hotel room in Arizona, and I don't know who was on either side of me, but uh, they heard me through the wall for sure. I was having a good time.
2: <laughs> well, congratulations <laughs> on that. We'll see you soon, John. Thank you. John well, I've been checking in. Great play-by-play voice for the Blackhawks on WGN Radio. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, he definitely put that kind of a precarious position for Chicago, four points out doesn't seem like a lot, but you have to pass a lot of teams and you really need to have an extended good run to get back into a
1: post. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: Season spot. One team that is definitely going to be in the postseason is the Edmonton Oil Kings. Their head coach, Brad Lauer, is next. how it feels tomorrow and uh, I'll worry about that tomorrow. Connor McDavid asked if he will play tomorrow against Chicago. Bruise above his knee he's calling it a Charlie Horse Oilers and Blackhawks on 6.30 Chat 5.30 face-off show game at seven. Bit of an odd schedule here for the Edmonton Oil Kings. We'll see how they're handling it as we welcome head coach Brad Lauer to the show. Brad how are you doing? I'm doing good thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you on the show. A very good season for the Edmonton Oil Kings continues, and a dramatic victory on Friday night against Red Deer neighbors scores with six seconds left. So you pull it out uh, right at the end. Tell us a little bit about that game.
3: Yeah, no, you know, it's uh, it was one of those games for us where you know it wasn't our best best hockey, I don't think, and you know it was it was one of those games where you know Red Deer was uh, you know obviously they played a very very good checking game and. You know we've been off a little bit, and we're not a very we haven't been a very good team when we've had long stretches of downtime. And um, you know that game we were just a little bit out of sync, and you know some things just weren't weren't clicking for us. But we stuck with it, and uh, you know we were able to create a turnover in the neutral zone with about ten seconds left. And then uh, you know Riley Sawchuck and Dylan Gunster made some good plays in the neutral zone uh, to get the entry, and then uh, Jake finished it off. So it was uh, it was quite the win tonight.
2: You mentioned Red Deer playing a pretty hard checking game against you. Yeah. Brad, your team yeah. is 35 eight and nine and you went to the conference finals last season. So everybody knows you're a good team. Are you getting yeah I mean obviously I know it's a, it's a tough league and, and teams want to win every yeah. night, but are you noticing it's it's really ramped up against you guys? maybe more so than than say you know 14 months ago?
3: Yeah, no, I, I think you're. I think you. I think you're right there, Reed. I mean, obviously, obviously, with what the guys accomplished last year, and, and uh, maybe we flew under the radar a little bit uh, with with some teams last year. Uh, you know, this year we're getting. You know, for the most part, we're getting everybody's a games. You know, they're getting amped up for us, and you know, sometimes uh, for us, we we may. Take our take a look at who we're playing, and we don't respect maybe where they are in the standings at the beginning of the game, and you know we come up with some slow starts. But um, at this time of the year, obviously there's 16 games remaining in the season, and uh, you know we, we want to be playing playing the right way going into the playoffs. And and uh, you know we got to treat every game here like we're getting ready for the playoffs, and then be prepared for, for the start of everything.
2: It's a bit of a funny schedule for the Oil Kings. You played Friday. You don't play again until this coming Friday. Almost a bit like a maybe a football team or, or a university yeah. hockey team. How do you manage the, the practice schedule and I suppose the schedule in general for the guys through a bit of a slower time here?
3: Yeah, no, obviously there was some, uh, you, you know, you think about it, you make a plan and you hope it's the right plan. And, you know, last week we had we had seven days off between games and we, you know, we we really thought about what our team needed to do and for the most part, I don't know, I won't say it was the only the reason why we had a slow start against Red Deer, but um, you know, this week we we were able to do a team building with the uh, the Edmonton Police, to, uh, police, and we did that on Saturday. Sunday was an off day, and then today was a was a really good work day. We did some skills with our players and some guys. So um, that and we'll do that, and then we'll do a little bit of yoga tomorrow and get back into practice here on on Wednesday, Thursday, get to dialed in for for the weekend here. But uh, you just trying to balance the schedule out where you're. Where you're not uh, not always at the rink, but you're still getting something done, and we we have the luxury, like I said, we do some yoga away from the gate, away from the rink uh, to keep guys sharp.
2: Tell me a little bit about the the day with the the police. Was that just to educate the guys, give them a little different perspective on on teamwork and and what some other people get to do day to day? Tell me a little bit about that.
3: Yeah, you know it was uh, great. It was I mean they they took care of us. It was it was first class. I mean it, we did some things with the fire department at the start of the year, and they were fantastic and then uh with the break in the season we we planned this uh to do something uh with the with the police and we were out there at their at where the training facility where they shoot guns and all that and we basically got the day in the life of of uh becoming a police officer they we got to shoot guns uh, handguns shotguns machine guns um you know they they showed us their riot gear they our guys got dressed up in riot gear showed them how to how they march and how they get into a if they need to disperse the crowd, and they showed us some of the things they use, techniques and uh, the the explosion stuff to, to get people away and, and that, and then obviously at the end of the day they brought the, the dogs out and showed us uh, the dogs how they train. So um, it was a great it was a great day for, for our guys just to see how they train and how they prepare themselves in, in on an everyday uh, for their work. And you know it was a really good experience
2: for us yeah that sounds great awesome you guys got to do that oil kings head coach brad lauer checking in tonight on inside sports on your back end you got wyatt mcleod back from injury i believe he missed about a month and a half obviously wyatt one of the guys i've had a chance to to have in studio a few times here on the show uh very outgoing young man and and a pretty good defenseman what did his return mean
3: well i mean obviously it's i mean missing him was has been i mean it's, it's tough to when you lose a guy like that and you know, credit to our, our D Corps, they've, they've uh, when he was gone, they they absorbed a lot of minutes, a lot of some of the minutes that uh, were new for some guys and some situations were new. So uh, they stepped up and filled the void while he was out. So obviously with him returning now to the lineup, it definitely helps uh, take some minutes away from some guys that were getting maybe taxing, especially going down the stretch here. and We're going into the playoffs. We want to make sure. We balance the minutes out through everybody, not not uh, taxing too many guys. And, uh, you know, like I said, bringing him back definitely takes some minutes off some guys and some situational play and uh, definitely gives a lot more depth uh, and, and gives us, gives us um, better uh, line matchup stuff moving forward now with playing some of these uh, uh, left bridge and, and medicine hat teams that we have to play in this down the road here.
2: Well, great to get Wyatt back, but that... Is a, a little uh, uh, combined with, I guess, uh, an announcement you probably didn't want to have to make, but you'd been without Jackson yeah. Alexander for a couple of weeks, and uh, announced recently he is going to be out for the season.
3: Yeah, you know it's, it's 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 sad to see. I mean, obviously the kid has has been, gone through a string of some some bad luck with some injuries, and not just injuries; there 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 are surgical injuries, long term injuries, and you know he's worked he's worked so damn hard uh, getting getting back in the shape and training and rehabbing uh, from the last surgery he had and you know it was just one of those things it was a practice it was just a battle drill that uh, we got into uh, that we do every day and, and uh, unfortunately he got hurt in that battle drill and, and uh, bad enough that it's, he's obviously going to miss the rest of the season but you feel bad for the kid because you, you watch him train you watch him rehab every day here to get back in the lineup and you know he, he got in a handful of games so it was playing very well for us it was great to see and just uh, just it's just sad to see, but I mean, you know, he's, he's a heck of a kid, and he'll be back for us next year.
2: Okay, well, Brad, we appreciate the update. You guys continue to do well. I know you're you're already ramping up to try to make sure you're you're peaking and ready to go for the postseason. And we'll keep in touch with you and your guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, we appreciate it. Brad Lauer, head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings, they are an outstanding hockey team. And again, next uh, game coming up on Friday night. Darnell Nurse contract extension, latest on McDavid and the Charlie Horse all on 630Ched.com. CFL Free Agency, wild day one year ago for the Edmonton Eskimos. What might they do tomorrow? Dave Campbell has some projections, and two members of the Brendan Botcher Rink will be in studio, Martin and Thiessen, as they win the Boston Pizza Cup yet again. All ahead on Inside Sports. Thanks for listening.